I'm co-host James Ash. And I'm co-host Phil Scaife. Welcome to The Business Lockdown. Love to welcome on today's episode, Mr. Guy Wallace. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Yes, very well, James. Thanks for Hi, having Guy. me. How are you, Phil? How are you uh, doing? Guy and I first, yeah, well, very well under the circumstances. I mean, I think that's probably up to like glass half full mentality. I mean, it's, it's odd, isn't it? It's not great. Let's be honest, but we're trying to be positive uh, as much as possible. As always, um, as always, James. Yeah. As always, yeah. Overflowing. It's not half full. It's overflowing. That's what I, I've been told sometimes. But um, Guy and I first met, and I actually didn't remember this until we um, we we crossed paths a number of years uh, following our first meeting. Um, I I used to have a clothing company, fashion within the fashion business and, and industry. And Guy came through the door one day and you had like this, um, it was in East Yorkshire and Hull and came into my clothing store and it was, uh, you were launching an app, was it called The Squirrel or Squirrel? Was that Yeah, that it was correct? called The Squirrel, yeah. Yeah, this is about, sp- how, I don't know how long, maybe eight years, two, eight, two eight years ago. 2011-ish, I think 2011-ish, yeah, yeah about then. Um, and um, it was an app that was basically to bring people together and customers and benefiting retailers and independents and um and i think the one thing i haven't um shared with guy was that it was uh, the one thing that stood out wasn't the the product he was delivering it was just that he was a young lad clearly an entrepreneur and having a goat stuff and that uh, at the time uh, that really stood out mate and, and it was a pleasure crossing paths a few years later via through jonathan and christina mood bean um, mm. Which we'll touch into your uh, your connections there, and we had a meeting, and you mentioned, and I was like, "Of course, that's you." And so it's been amazing to see um, to see how you've grown and 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 come through this uh, crazy world of business and uh, entrepreneurship. And um, and let's admit, guy has got a very nice office. So let's just uh, I've been in his office, and it's one of them where you sat there and you just go, "Ah." I'd have this definitely. It's, like, like it's this. the dog. It's the dog house. You have to have somewhere where you feel at home when you when you can't be at home, you know, you've got to Very be comfortable. Nice so, Guy, we'll, we'll tap into your journey and stuff and uh, get insight and you've got loads of, um, loads of uh, advice to give our audience, which is what this is all about. So thanks for joining Amazing. us here, really appreciate it. Um, let's delve into what's going on with you right now. Let's talk about yourself personally, like what's happening in your industry and, you know, your network around you. Um, so just to give you a bit of background, on kind of what it is I I do. So it just gives you a bit of context in kind of what's happening at the moment for me. So so my company is called Forward Thinker. That's a kind of, I've always seen it as an umbrella company and really my passion, you know, if I was to kind of put it into um, a few words is I specialize in working with people, you know, brilliant people in their own right who are often from traditional backgrounds but have amazing digital ideas and they maybe don't know how to transition into those ideas or what they're currently doing. Um, uh, and they maybe don't know how to actually, you know, what the, what the future holds, how they, you know, foresee their ideas going, what technologies they need to bring in, how they're, how they're going to go about design or development or security. And, you know, so you could say from, from one point of view that, you know, my, my business has, you know, turned into, it's been, it's been many things in the last few years, but it's, you know, you might say that it's turned into a, a consultancy in a sense. 
personally, my, my skill set is seemingly kind of unique in the world of um, digital, whereas quite often you have, you know, you have designers and you have developers um, and often those, those two pools seemingly don't mix. You have to have that kind of middle ground. And my background originally was in, in design. Um, you know, my first business was actually a photography business and I'll touch on that later on. Um, but my degree and, you know, since I was a kid, I've, you know, kind of 13 years old, started developing websites. You know, my degree was in computer science and my, my kind of, my passion is, is that, is that middle ground and it's working with people from a business point of view, but then bringing the design understanding and also the development. So my day might consist of, you know, it might consist purely of development work. I might be developing and coding or I might be, you know, writing documents or strategies or I might be um, designing and putting ideas and concepts together. So there's a bit of a mix. Now for me at the moment, um, it's, it's an interesting time because I think, I think for everyone there's um, I can only speak for myself, but you know, so I, I work, I work in an office environment. I work in a kind of tech hub, um, and I sometimes work at home, but the, the last few weeks, I, I, you know, for me personally, there's been, there has been an underlying anxiety, I think, with what's going on. And, you know, being quite astute, I'd like to say, in, in terms of numbers, you know, I'm interested in charts, I'm interested in statistics and things, and kind of watching this scenario unfold, it's been quite unnerving as well, particularly when you're looking at places like the States, um, and our country as well, that, you know, I, I don't want to delve into political biases or anything, but, you know, when you're looking at things unfold and how it's affecting people's lives um, for the negative, but also in some instances for the positive, it, you know, there is that underlying anxiety. For me, I'm, I'm really grateful. You know, my wife's a teacher, um, which has been hardline. You could see her as a, you know, frontline member of society you know we're all really grateful for and and you know we have we're, we're lucky in that she has that kind of job that security and stability and my job um doesn't depend on necessarily being out there and always being in amongst it i can i can tuck my way in a in the side of a cafe or a similar to you guys you know james i know you you know you're all around the world and you're all over the place. You know, I have that benefit, you know, it has affected how, how my clients and my colleagues and the teams I work with are working. And, and in some instances they are greatly affected. Um, but for me, it's been, you know, it's been overcoming that underlying anxiety and anxiety and, and just trying to get on with the day to day, you know. Where, you where been you that? That? Cause you, oh, you said, sorry. obviously you, you when this all started happening, you referring to it as anxiety. Um, do you feel like you're sort of out the other side now, and you've you've sort of worked it out, and or, or are you still processing? Uh, the last week, I think I've I've I've, I've gone through. I, I think this, I don't know who they is, but they say that it takes 21 days, doesn't it, to settle into a new environment. Um. And even though I do sometimes work from home, I think, I think in this case, the environment is globally. <laughs> it's not just yeah. personally. Um, I'd like to say the last week for me has been very productive. But I think before that, I've, I've, been, I've been taking the advice that a lot, you know, a lot of people have been given to, 
families who've got kids, you know, where they're trying to say, look, you know, do this work and do this coursework. And I think parents, you know, a lot of people have been saying, actually, right, the world in, in an instant has dramatically changed. And we potentially shouldn't be just putting that burden on our kids and trying to get them to sit at a desk, do your schoolwork, do all the things that you should be doing. Rather, take a, take a moment, watch a film, go for a run, go outside, whatever it is that you like to do. Just take a moment and let that 21 days kind of pass and settle and, and trying to figure out actually, you know, what you're doing. I, I think I'm kind of over it, but I think with everybody, we're all a little bit um, observant and anxious about what's going on at the moment. I don't, I don't think that's going to pass even when we come out of this, this lockdown stage. It'll be interesting to see how, the world, how things change mm. and how the world changes. Well, Phil, Phil, I know Phil kind of scrapped a curriculum, didn't you, Phil? You know, to give, give a little insight into how you just, how you went out that. Yeah, so, um, so I've got three kids. Um, I've got a, an 18-month-old, a, a six-year-old and a 10-year-old. And so each with very different needs and very different perspectives of this. Um, and so initially we started off um, with with the school routine and 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 the the work but i think what what it what transpired what we worked out was that we had lost as grown-ups we had lost control and certainty of things that were happening and we were trying to impose that back and trying to yeah. get some control yeah, yeah. Uh, control back that we we didn't we we should never have, have expected and we we needed we needed we needed it, not not them. And so it, we had a, a, quite a broken household for the first week um, where there was, there was a lot of friction and everyone was trying to do their own thing, but also trying to sort of control the other members of the family. And so in the end, um, we just identified that it, it's an opportunity for some, for some growth, not education, not syllabus-based mm. education, but mm. some growth. Mm. And so that's sort of like that's transpired in different versions for each of my kids it's like one of them uh cooper he's he's he, he desperately wants to learn french and he wants to learn how to be a dj and he wants to oh, learn nice. and, he, and he's enjoying using photoshop so nice. really as far as a curriculum goes it's kind of like well if you just spend some time each day you tell me when that time's going to be when it works for you. And, and if you do that, then I can see that you're growing and you're evolving, and you're moving forwards, which is kind of what we're all trying to do. Um, and so we are, we're not picking up English books and maths. Are books. He, are, has either of you attempted to become an artisan baker yet? <laughs> yeah, my wife. My wife's done the baking. Any, any good? <laughs> Yeast was the hardest thing to get a hold of to start. I can't get any, I can't get hold of anything. I've tried. <laughs> Yeah, so so the the trick for yeast we found was the small little independent um, like whole food shops um, and things like that. Um, they're they're brilliant. They seem to seem to have a supply. But yeah, so yeah, Keris, my wife, she's um, she's been breaking baking bread and things like that and trying all these all these different things. So yeah, absolutely. You sort of you thought in theory, um, being self employed, I'm not sure it's a hundred percent true. But we've got all this time on our hands now. Um, and so you can try, you can try those different things, mm. but yeah, it's, uh, I think when you talk about anxiety, I know, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't have at the beginning, I didn't think I had anxiety about the situation, but I, I certainly developed that, um, 
in trying to make my home and my 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 household work in in like a, a functional manner and that i think that's where i felt it mm. it's natural I, I isn't it felt it last yeah. week i i felt and I, I got to a point there's a couple of days and i mean phil and i are, are in constant communication hourly daily um and I, I could feel my body kind of almost shaking in a way um and that was just like right okay that's that's your body telling you something here because I could be very, you know, incredibly strong-willed, of course, and that can often override things. And I think the, the, first, the first proper week of all this, <clears throat> you know, we're fortunate we've got a really good team. Um, um, we were, it was a shame we had a team member leave us. Um, that was unfortunate in, in, um, in, a, uh, in the midst of it all. But, you know, our, our team are incredibly strong. And um, they did an amazing job for us that first week. And we were pulling 1AMers, 4AMers all week long. And we're now seeing the benefits from that because we've got systems in place, you know, supercharged focus. But last week, I could see the impact of that week. You know, I could see it on them. And, and, and I really, I struggled with that because I could see that, you know, they were still so determined and driven, but, you know, they weren't good. There was migraines coming in. You know, I could see it in the faces. And so we had to respond and adapt to that, of course, as well. And this week, I think the Easter weekend coming up of four days, has really helped this week because we managed last week. I think all of us were feeling it after that first mm. week of right, we're attacking this and we're going for it. And now we've, you know, I spent last week, last week and getting myself into a position to be focused and energized for the team in the way that we all deserved. And, um, and this, this week's been, been great. We've kind of, you know, ironed out, like we've got ourselves in check and, and knowing that we've got a four day weekend ahead and getting everything in place that the team can just shut off. Completely yeah, it's, it's kind of really interesting though because you know you know if we if we're bridging now the conversation into business and projects and things that you're doing you know i've always found um you kind of you know if you if you if you if you put into that fight or flight kind of scenario which right now out of the you know out of the hands of you know millions of business owners kind of you know in the country and across the world where you know everything was going absolutely great and then overnight they're put into a in, into a corner where they have to make such decisions you know you find that as a you know as a you know when you're running a business you know kind of there might be four or five if you've been running your business for about 10 years there'll probably be four or five moments when you've gone you know those pivot points what the hell am i doing um and and what we've what we've kind of seen over the last three weeks and in a lot of cases it's been really inspiring is a lot of people suddenly plunged into that position maybe for the first time um in in kind of new startups and then immediately having to think about how they deal with this and how they get perspective on what their business maybe should be or is going to be tomorrow or you know next week you know you see caterers um having to deal with it how do they how do they step from the challenge of how do they bring technology particularly technology has played the ultimate role in all of this and one of my messages would be to kind of any business if you're not digital now why, why not why are you not thinking about that <laughs> You know, you see, you, you know, great. I was saying to James the other day when we were talking, you see, um, you see these stories on the news of somebody who, you know, maybe rents out a village hall every week to do yoga 
and suddenly no one can go. And, <laughs> but now they've got, they've got 15,000 people logging onto them on their, you know, they're, they're in their garage with a yoga mat and some, some makeshift lighting. And that person has realized that their, their world is, exists beyond the church hall yeah. four walls which is really inspiring. So you, 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 we, you know, we can, we can dwell on the negatives and, but from hardship and from adversity comes innovation, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I was looking at a list of the businesses that came out of the last recession. Um, and so many of the, the stalwarts now, like the uh, Airbnb, Uber, oh, yeah. you know, just eat things like that. They all came out of the last, you know, the last time the world went through this, this sort of thing through innovation, through, through changing, changing an old business model into something that, that now works in this, in this new environment. Um, so when you talk about restaurants um, and food and food places, the eat at, the eat at home, uh, that, that sector booms, but the eat out of home, that that gets that gets decimated. Hence, hence where Just Eats comes in and things, which is obviously you know the the ultimate digital platform, isn't it? But even then, but even then, you know, with Just Eat, you know, I don't know about you guys, but and it's a real shame. But now you're considering, you're really considering, like you would consider, you know, when you're watching, I don't know, you're watching some series and you're seeing these people shake hands and hug, and you're thinking, oh, yeah. do you, you know, social distancing, you, you know. But yeah. the same now when you're ordering your favorite takeaway, you're thinking, oh, you know, it's great food, but what's the, what's the process now? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so even this is a threat to, you know, particularly with food, you know, I, I couldn't, we couldn't get a Chinese uh, the other day, a Chinese, you know, takeaway. Um, there wasn't a single one open. Uh, you know, there's a, a massive drop in Italian takeaways around here. Um, now they could still actively do business but the choice obviously and the maybe skepticism or i hate to say it prejudice has mm. has has made their business at least in the short term we don't know about the medium term non-viable so for a company like that how do you how do you sidestep and diversify into into a side hustle into something that you can you can you can do you know um it's very difficult for some people, but you know, there's a lot of people who are putting some great thought into it and coming out with some, you know, exciting, exciting ideas and even just for their own, their own lives, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you speak about the, 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 the certain uh, takeaways there. And I think we've, uh, thankfully the majority of people are sticking by the rules and have a common sense and whatnot. But when you look at supermarkets and, all the beer is sold out and there's a pallet full left of Corona. And you're yeah. like, what, yeah. what hope do we really have when, when that is the mindset of people? I mean, then, I mean, I don't know if you, obviously in Turkey, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the last week, the last week in the UK, there's been people burning 5G masks because they're convinced yes. that, that, that 5G is, is the government's way of transmitting the virus into the population. So, you know, we, we see innovation and brilliance on one side and we see naturally the balance of life. We have stupidity and, you know, conspiracy theory on, on the other side. But, you know, for me, for me, I've been really lucky and, um, you know, in, in, in respect. And I don't, you know, 
I feel I feel I feel very lucky that I can continue to do what I'm doing. Hopefully, as you guys are. But I'm very aware that a lot of people aren't in that position, mm. um, and are maybe starting because of it. Are starting new, you know, new ventures, and and perhaps that's an opportunity. You know, you kind of don't want to. You don't want to sell into. You don't want to sell into these situations. But perhaps that's an opportunity for someone like myself and the people who are out there who are trying to provide understanding or knowledge or you know in in a certain area to to try and help these people who are struggling or innovating or starting something new a new journey succeed you know yeah so you in your consulting um the clients that you've been working with have you seen have you seen them making shifts and making changes have you got any uh yeah yeah because um I mean, naturally, everyone's at home. So, so my client, my clients are, you know, I have a, I have local um, and then international clients. So, I have, I have, I have a client, for example, who's in the states, and they're they're having a really hard time, um, you know, just because of the 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 family stresses, the worries, medi- you know, Medicare and. You know, we're so lucky you appreciate, you know, that we have what we have in this country, you know, the NHS, if something happens, well, you know, the United States doesn't have that. Um, you know, we work with people in Spain um, and Spain has been, it's been kind of traumatic in there, you know. So what I found is the big, the big companies where a lot of the work I will be doing, I'm talking kind of, you know, international com- companies there, a yeah. lot of the work I will be doing won't be core core work on their core product because um, that, that'll all be in-house. So the work I'm doing is usually uh, satellite projects around their uh, projects. So I'll be working with small teams now. You know, th- these are the kind of projects that are the first to kind of die down and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, are put on hold. Um, luckily, the, you know, my, my focus the past couple of years, I was saying to James the other day is, my business has transitioned so much kind of every, maybe every five or six months. So, you know, I've kind of tried to be reflective about, um, who, you know, who I am and what, what I'm trying to do. And I've never quite been comfortable with, um, saying who I am and what, what it is I, I do, you know, the classic elevator pitch, my elevator pitch depends entirely on me knowing who I'm talking to and what interest they might have on, uh, you know how I can connect with them. It's never the same. If you're selling a product, your elevator pitch is is the same. But um, you know, the the last last few years, just going back to what I was saying there, the last few years, what I've what I've tried to do is I've I've you know I've been told off kind of by mentors and colleagues about being a plate spinner, and James James definitely knows something about that um, as a <laughs> as a as a fellow plate spinner, you know. Um, <laughs> Because because of the type of person you are, you want to get involved and you see opportunities and you see the ways forward and or, or better ways of doing things. Um, but the last couple of years, what I've tried to focus in on, I've tried to kind of, I think I've needed to correct that and focus in on kind of three or four key, really key projects. Moodbeam, I think you guys had Moodbeam, uh, Jonathan and Christina on the on the chat a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, so Moodbeam is, is, is one of those kind of my, one of my main focuses and, and, and it's brilliant in, in the idea, the concept where it's come from. 
what that means to me now is that I've over the last year I've built some stability in terms of in, instead of saying okay what's my next project what's my next job what you know what should I be investing my my emotions and my time into and, and potentially lining too many ducks up um, where you kind of spread you spread yourself too thinly and you don't give your best to everybody is focusing on on things that I really believe in and things that I really really love the idea of which is a again a privilege to be able to do because there's times where you know um i'm trying to do something i'm paying people and you know I, you know i might love it but i'm i'm also collecting housing benefits because i can't pay myself uh, trying to make something happen and then that transitions into trying to find any bread and butter work that you can do yeah you then slip into something where you kind of not really delighted with what you may be working on day to day and I think at the moment I've kind of come to a point where yeah I've got that stability I'm working on things that I love um and yeah yeah what a you know kind of what a privilege there so what's um what springs to mind in being an absolute shocker of either an idea you've maybe tried to run with or you've maybe really run with or you know because we've um with um, extreme optimism, <laughs> sometimes um, you know we never fail to be surprised along the way, or who comes on board, or we meet and what yeah. spanners in the works might be thrown in. What what's, what springs to mind in something in when you, when you think of a shocker? Guy? Well, I've cocked, I've cocked up too many times, James. To be honest. <laughs> uh, okay. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll say. I'll say that. I think the first where, where when I met you, James, I think that was my most expensive lesson. Um, Interesting. Expensive emotionally, uh, financially, um, in all kinds of different ways. So just just to give a little bit of background, I when I my I've always been into business all my life. You know. Um, bartering and that, you know the idea of transactions doing something commerce um, but my first kind of business was when I was um, and I'll, I'll briefly skip through this but when I was when I was studying I bought a camera my first camera I've always loved photography and so this is kind of what 13 14 years ago and I started I, I basically set up a you know in my second year while before I was doing my dissertation and kind of just as Facebook was coming about, I set up a, a project which was called Picture Yourself at the time. And, you know, I wanted to go out and have fun as a student. And, and I thought, actually, if I started, you know, photographing everything, I'll build this website, I'll put all the photos onto there, and I'll essentially start um, building a following, you know, in my own way. Because, you know, followings as such didn't exist. And then... Um, you know that we, we, we kind of we kind of got the the entire campus plus plus a great deal of the public of 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 Hull and East Riding onto this system within within a year, and that soon moved into a point where I was then training photographers up, being an amateur myself anyway, and sending those guys out and paying them um, a wage, and what what quickly happened was I, I was amassing this. You know, and forgive me, this is, these are the days before GDPR. So I was amassing this data set that people didn't have in Hull. 
or in any other city. So, you know, you have students coming in and then they leave three years later. So there's a transient market. And people didn't have enough time. Companies didn't have enough time to be able to build a data set to market to them. So I very quickly had this, this, this marketing hub. And then I thought, you know, my business followed on. And I thought, well, I need to do something with this. Maybe this is my business. So I was just, you know, 18 years old, knocking on, you know, KCOM, uh, KC, who were the, you know, the local telecommunications provider, knocking on with my, my fresh suit on at 18 years old and scruffy student haircut. And basically saying, look, I've got, you know, 40,000 people here that you don't even know exist. Um, do you want to pay me to, to email market them? Or, you know, I would, never, I would never sell the data. But I would then say, listen, uh, I'd go into housing companies, bars, you know, people like James and he's in the vintage. This is actually when I first met you, James, for this project. And I would just go around and try and say, look, this is what I've got. No one else has got it. You need to market to them. Here's a scenario that I know you need. Do you want to do it? Great. And I'd build up a client. Now that then leads. My business has always been of the making of somebody I've met in the process that I'm taking. A James or a, you know, a, somebody who says, I've got this great idea. Can you make this happen? And so... Uh, kind of long story short, there's a bit bit in between that, but then arrived the, the squirrel and the idea with the, with the squirrel was this nut collecting squirrel that essentially the nuts being discounts for these companies that I'd built a relationship with from, from Picture Yourself. And I thought, actually, I need to create a bridge between these companies and this market so that they can interact um, so I worked with, you know, at the time I, I, I pulled in kind of four or five developers or interns or, you know, and, and at, the, at that time, not knowing a whole lot about development, um, I was kind of in the, in the shadow of the people I was working with from a development point of view. They knew a whole lot more than I did. I couldn't teach them anything. And, and so at that stage, I, I was so engrossed in the, so enthusiastic, the word you used there, James, about the concept of what I was trying to do, okay? And there was a few learning points from that. You know, I put myself in a position where I had to find the money to pay the guys, okay? So I was doing a, you know, I was doing a, a full-time sales job I was going out and meeting the Jameses and the you know the bar owners the restaurant owners to sell to them this idea to make it work to get them on to then pay the staff but at the end of my day I then had to try and figure out the ways to actually make the money in another way bread and butter way whatever it was to then pay the guys at the end of the month and it got to the point where I was actually you know I was working maybe two days every day um, weekends and then going to get housing benefits at that time which when you're kind of you know you know that's not a great that's not a great feeling so so I was emotionally drained um, exhausted and and then all again all around me um, there's a guy and I don't know if he'll watch this and if he does watch this then I had a meeting with Paul Sewell and 
Paul Sewell runs a great company called Sewell's, uh, based in Hull. Um, and I've never really met Paul before. And I, I kind of rang him up and I said, look, I need, um, I need a bit of time with you. And I want to tell you what I'm doing. And, and I, I went in and the first five minutes, I, I, I unloaded everything like I kind of do. I unloaded everything that I, I, I was working on. And he was like, I know nothing about any of that. So I can't talk to you about any of that. Uh, but then he just proceeded for about two to three hours, just me and him. And I know how much his time's worth. He proceeded then with a flip, a flip chart to just unload on me everything that he's learned, everything, you know, the books that I should be reading, this, that, the other. And one of the things he, t he told me there was um, a book about, it's called The Dip. I think it's Seth Godin. I'm not, not completely, completely sure of the dip. But anyway, it was the way that he put it across to me. And he, and he, and he, you know, he drew this, he drew this valley and it was like, okay, you've gone down into this valley. You are now standing at the bottom of this valley and where you want to be is at the top of this, but there's a lot of things that you need to be taking into account here. You know, you need to be looking at your, you know, your well-being. Are you personally able to do this? Okay, which is, you're obviously going to have a time when you're kind of, you're up for it. You don't want to be told no, and you want to, you want to move forward with your idea. But he was, he was right, because I probably spent another, I probably spent another year working on this. And then I, I got to the point where I was absolutely exhausted. Um, no money. I wasn't bringing, you know, so many lessons, you know, I was building a, I was building a, a, a product that, that required the chicken and the egg scenario. You needed the people to get the businesses, the businesses to get the people. Okay. I was building a product where a year or two into it, O2 priority moments came out. Groupon started to rise through. So I had Groupon providers now selling into the space that I was selling into. I had a team where they were also transient. So interns were there and then suddenly they weren't and they built, they built a position within the business that was now unfillable without retraining and re, you know, so, and I, and I, I you know, I, I sat there and actually I had, you know, maybe 200 businesses, really good businesses on this product. I had people lining up outside of clubs in Hull, all sharing the app, downloading to get their free entry. On the face of it, it was successful and I just had to kill it um, because in reality, it wasn't going to happen without me having a huge amount of funding. And when you, you know, when I took what Paul Sewell said and that kind of lesson about the dip and actually putting, for once, putting your head above the trench or the parapet and looking around at actually what is happening and the risk that you're putting yourself into... I had to kill it and I had to focus on the bread and butter. What was I good at? What were my skills? What, what, what could I bring to people where that was more black and white, that there was one transaction, there was this for that, back to the commerce rather than the, the theory and the, the dream, which is really difficult. So what's the, what's the, the key, because we always ask, like, what piece of advice would you uh, would you offer our audience? And that can be based on anything. But I think that's an amazing story and great insight uh, for us. That's, that's incredible. Um, 
and yeah, having to make that decision because I'm sure it wasn't just a quick decision and there was some sleepless oh. nights there. But what 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 piece of advice would you you would you give uh, our audience based on that that you really took from from that? Uh, from well, from that scenario, be be aware, be aware of what's happening. Don't be okay. Find the balance between. Um, aspiration and foolishness. Uh, you know, when people are, when people are telling you um, again and again, you know, people will always tell you, you know, people, a lot of people like to be in the way of something that they're not doing or they're not contributing to, you know, um, people will always tell you, you can't do that. But what about this? Have you thought about this? And and really ideas you know this is a, this is an indirect lesson and it's something that i've learned all the way through and you know particularly with digital ideas develop an idea will start as a as a pinprick you know in the middle of the night that wakes you up and you think wow that is you know how can i how can i you know progress this idea but Every day, someone will say to you, well, have you thought about this? And, and, if you, and you don't need to. What you need to think about is what are you going to work on in that particular day to get you to a point where you actually are then standing at the, the precipice where you go, okay, I know if I step over this, this is now the next two to three to four to five years of my life dedicated to this. And you need to speak to the right people. You need to be, um, you need to be observant of what's happening uh, and not, not be you know, swimming face down with your face in the water all the time. You need to be listening to people. You need to be taking criticism um, you know, in, in, in the way that it's meant. You know, um, if, if it's criticism that is coming again and again and is saying, listen, you need, you know, if there's alarm bells ringing, you need to be listening to those. Um, my other, you know, my other, uh, my other two point, my other two points is I think one's really simple. In any business you're in, if you're not digital, be digital in some form. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean um, being on Twitter and trying to make yourself write something every day to build a a following that maybe doesn't bring your business value. Um, that might be looking at your operations. Uh, it might be looking at how you communicate with your team or your clients. You know, at the moment, we're seeing so many people who don't have that digital safety net or who are now very quickly looking to transition into digital, which is great. And the other thing that I would, I would suggest is, um, has been one of my main... Uh, it, to be honest, it's been the core of my business is people. So I've always, I've always tried to remember everyone that I meet. I always try to get to, it sounds, I, th I think this is just really good advice uh, for anyone. Anyway, I always try to remember three things about them, two or three things about them. I always try and even if I'm sitting on a shared table with someone on a train from Hull to London, I try to find out what they do. Okay, and I try to think if there is any possible opportunity, even in five years' time, that I might want to connect with that person. 
I certainly don't, you know, in, you know, there's these, these, these huge kind of uh, business network meetings and, and things. I always, if, if I'm going to one of them, I'm definitely not the person who's going around saying, my name's Guy, this is what I do. Here's my business card. My name, you know, I, I go in, I find the person who's standing alone with a pine and I talk to him about football or music for an hour and a half. <laughs> because that's how you, because that's how it works, isn't it? You, you then learn something else the next time you, and, and in three years time, that person gets in touch and says, oh, do you remember, are you still doing this? And so the other bit of advice is, you know, it can be a long game. It's, it's a long game and, and treat people with respect and try and learn about what other people are doing. Create that, create a, you know, so cliche, create a network, but create a, a network of quality people um, and learn about them. Yeah. Love that, love yeah, that. Brilliant. Um, Guy, before we wrap up, um, just, I spoke about how nice your office is. Phil, you'll have to go and visit sometime. Um, <laughs> Tempted. And it was one, it was one that I've been in Guy's office for a while and thinking, yeah, I, I, could, I could have this. And then you start like saying, this is really nice, mate. It's like, oh, do you like it? Yeah, yeah. So I, get, I guess you get used to it. I'm sure you, had, you have your honeymoon period in an office like that. And then um, it's just, amazing photographs in, in lovely frames that just uh, that, that just sign this office off. And then you said, oh, I took all of those. Um, I was like, what? And then we went, we went down the, 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 uh, the conversational path of, of um, how you got on stages and shot artists and stuff like that. So I think to wrap this, I'd love to know what's your favorite photograph you've, you've taken that's on your wall in your office and why? Yeah, well, I, to be honest, I just want to, I, I did say I'd mentioned that. Um, my, my, I will answer your question in a second. I know that I've answered with particularly long rambles in this, in this, in this interview. <laughs> oh, um, but the, the biggest turning point in my life, um, apart from doing the course that I did, was buying a camera. All right, because it makes you look at everything through a lens, through a very different kind of medium than you usually do and as, as James just alluded to there and you know whole whole university won't con condone this but um me and a couple of friends for a few a few years essentially contacted festivals all around Europe and pretended we worked were journalists working for the university magazine so with that we got we got press passes to these festivals so there was, you know, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big hip hop fan. Um, uh, you know, big into my music anyway, but I love, I do love hip hop. And a lot of these festivals were alternative music festivals. And there was, there was a bouncer, um, we, I was at the front of the stage. Um, and I said to the, the bouncer, who was Belgian, I think, uh, do you mind if I sit on the stage? And we were watching Wu-Tang Clan. Now, if you're a hip-hop oh. fan, Wu-Tang Wu Clan, their album, you know, 36 Chambers is probably in your top Chambers. 10. I had the baggy jeans and the, the yeah, 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 yeah. jeans coming off and playing basketball every yeah. waking hour, yeah. <laughs> so so Wu-Tang Clan were playing and they, the bouncer let me sit on the stage. And at, at one point, so I was, I was watching, I've never seen them before. I was photographing them as they were jumping over the top of my head onto the speaker that was behind me to 100,000 people who were to the left of me singing every word. And there's, there's a couple of pictures, one of them's on my wall, that to anybody else will look at it. The thing is, with my pictures in my office, 
anyone will look at it and they either think, oh, you've just pulled that from somewhere or, you know, it doesn't really mean a whole lot without the context, but every single picture there, when I give it in my head, the context and the emotion and the feeling um, of when I was there, it was really special. And, and that's all because of blagging, really. <laughs> no, so, you know, that's, that's another, you know, blag. You know, beg, Tip number four. Beg, borrow, befriend. If you start in a business, do those three things. Try and get what you can, you know. So Wu-Tang Clan. And then also um, there's a picture of some uh, killer, killer whales in Vancouver when I was, I was with my wife a couple of years ago uh, coming alongside the boat. So that's it. Awesome. Guy, we could talk forever, but um, we, uh, we, we, we do know that you're going through a, um, a, a rebrand process with your business. Yeah. And, um, and we've already said uh, coming into this that we'll, we'll definitely love to connect when you come out of that. Um, and I think that'd be great as a, as a subject to give insight into rebranding. And, you know, we can always say we should have done it sooner or we've done it wrong or we've spent too much money or, yeah, or we shouldn't have rebranded, you know, yeah. all of those yeah. things. Yeah. So I think that'd be a great, uh, great, great episode to, to focus on when, when you come out of that and, uh, and, and hopefully by then we're in a, in a much different position, all of us. We, well, we might have all rebranded by then, so. Very good point. Yeah. Good point. On that point, Guy, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks thanks, guys. See you all later. Thank you so much for joining us on The Business Lockdown. Please comment, like, share and subscribe to help build our global community. We look forward to seeing you all soon.